This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by Pure Creative Apparel. From logo design to specialty clothing to branded merchandise, the team at Pure Creative Apparel can take your ideas and bring them to life. You can find out more at purecreativeapparel.com. And we thank Pure Creative Apparel for sponsoring this week's show. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the Runny Drink Podcast. I am, of course, your humble host, Amy. And I am your ever so humble co-host, Dana. Oh, really? You're not humble. I'm ever so humble. <laughs> and this, I am excited about this week's episode because it is really part two of our discussion of our trip to Huntsville. Yeah, Huntsville was a trip that I took for work, as you all know from listening to last week's episode, and it ended up being a treasure trove of places in terms of their food and beverage scene. Mm. And I think it gives us a chance to talk about some other things that are running related without necessarily being about a particular race. This was... Sure enough. Yeah, it wasn't a travel week for a race, but it was still a travel week. Right. And for runners, traveling has its um, ups and downs and its its problems. I think you really have to be thoughtful when you travel anywhere and you want to keep your training going for an upcoming race or if you are traveling to a race. <laughs> yeah, that's probably my biggest um, shortcoming as a runner who travels a lot is I tend to forget important gear like hydration packs and uh-huh. um thankfully knock on wood not ever my shoes but um, oh boy i'm bad about that I, I really am hey you know i am at least we've never been in that situation where we've been on a flight and they've lost our luggage oh why did you say that out loud well let's well you just knocked <laughs> on wood so well i that's because i know that i'm gonna forget something else well i think that we kind of check and balance each other when we're packing yeah uh, true but i somehow it's never when i'm packing it's the stuff that i'm, I'm i leave it hanging on the back of the chair to either throw in the car later or oh i'm gonna put this in the carry-on or uh, it just Without fail, I always leave yeah. something and have to make that last minute run. Well, I mean, and thank thank goodness for some really great expos and local running stores and things like that that you can, if worst comes to worst and there is a running emergency, then usually you can find at the expo things that you can replace yeah 90% of your gear problems you can usually address at a runner's expo yeah if it's not a big enough race to have an expo when you hit the ground in mm-hmm. the city going to a local run shop yeah is is a good option and yeah. then the other 10% is the the local uh, pharmacy or grocery store whatever yeah. the case may be you can fill in the blanks it's just like I mean and the reason I brought that up is because I'm reading that book from that um, Meb's 26 26- marathons and 
I listened to part of it uh, while I was on the eight and a half miler today for this week's training. And he talked about one of his races, um, they lost his luggage that included his running shoes, his racing shoes oh. for the race. Ouch. So I'm I'm not wishing ill on us. I'm just saying that thank goodness it hasn't happened to us, and I hope that it never does. I agree completely. But the point is <laughs> that this week we want to talk about some travel tips for runners. Yes. Particularly. <laughs> Let's pack- be proactive. Yeah. Packing for the weather you're going to. Yeah. I think we were really lucky and had some gorgeous weather in Alabama when we were there. Oh, it was perfect training weather. But there have been races in the past where we've kind of had to modify what we were wearing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I was careful to say packing for the weather you're going to because we have had situations where we were leaving warm Florida oh yeah and arriving in near freezing temperatures and and just on the drive alone the temperature drop was significant you're thinking of Atlanta oh yeah yeah because the last two years that we've gone to Jeff Galloway's half marathon weekend in December then it, it has been Nice and sunny when we get in the car to make the drive. And then when we get out of the car. It's 25 degrees. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's just like, where's the jacket? Where we shouldn't have worn, like, flip-flops. <laughs> Great for driving in. <laughs> it, yeah. It's but important to plan ahead, though, and he, know where you're heading to. Yes. And in that particular instance, I would say we... This past year encountered cold and rain on both Barb's 5K and Jeff's half marathon. Yeah, this year was a was kind of an oddball year for that. We had uh, back-to-back days. Yeah, and I was thinking about, you know, when we were packing, I really wasn't thinking. And we got up there and we were talking to some of our Extra Miler podcast friends. And they're like, yeah, we brought two pairs of shoes. What's with you? I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it because the first day it was raining on us the entire race, Mm -hmm. the entire 5K. And I only had the one pair of shoes. Well, me too. I I didn't pack extra shoes. Honestly, um, I tend to pack light anyway. So light, I leave things at home sometimes. But um, (laughs) even when I'm fully packed, I I don't normally budget in my, my weekend bag room for two pairs of shoes. But if you look ahead and you see in the forecast that you might have that back to back rain, that might be an advantageous thing so that you don't have soaking wet shoes to kind of weigh you down. Yeah, no, there are a lot of strategies people have for drying shoes out overnight. Oh, that too. Yeah. I don't know. I've never tested that. I think, well, I have, and I think they're of mixed efficacy. I think that ultimately the the best route to go would be to pack that second pair of shoes if you're I doing so. like a challenge weekend mm-hmm. and you see that the, the forecast is calling for rain. That might be an opportunity for you to to budget that extra space and mm-hmm. be willing to maybe recycle a couple of shirts or um, or some other gear in your bag yeah. instead of um, packing the extra shirt that you're probably not going to wear anyway. 
Oh, like out to celebrate afterwards mm-hmm. or something like celebrate that. Celebrate your race shirt. Like, yeah, celebrate in the race shirt that they're going to give you for registering for the race anyway, right? Exactly. Or, or don't take a um, the an extra running shirt or two and just trust in the fact that the the one you, you are going to get from the race is going to fit. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, what happens when you have that cold weather? But it's supposed to warm up over the period of the race. Like, you know, we had at uh, the Donna Marathon weekend. Well, a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll they'll pack relatively light clothing, maybe layer. So you, they may have a couple of shirts on. And then we've seen it a lot when we were racing out in California. People were running to a local Target oh, and yeah. buying relatively inexpensive um, sweatshirts. So they would start mm-hmm. out with the sweatshirt and then that was the shirt that they were willing to peel off, knowing right. that the race organizers collect that and then donate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hear about that at Donna. We hear about that at Disney. So that's not an uncommon practice. And also, I've even heard people suggest, you know, when you get, arrive in town, going to hit, like, say, a Goodwill or a, mm-hmm. a, another thrift store, that we can save a few bucks for something you're just going yeah. to discard anyway. Or have you seen some people have, like, the trash bag kind of strategy? Uh, we've done the trash bag strategy. I can yeah. speak from experience. Um, yeah. the, the year that we did the splash and dash. Oh, yeah, wine and dine. The, the last year, the wine and dine, or the next to last year, wine and dine was, was at that night. Um, that was a relatively cold, or for Florida, cool uh, temperature-wise and then raining. And then all I did oh. was I threw a couple of um, yard-sized trash bags in yeah. my side pocket. And rather than get into anything fancy, I literally, on the race course, opened the bag and tore a head hole yeah. in it. And there was a a young lady on that course that was so bad off. She was shivering. She was like leaning against a guardrail when we were passing a mile marker. Not doing well at all. And I gave her an extra bag and she was able to do the exact same thing. And, you know, surprisingly, if you've never done that, it actually holds in a good bit of heat. It does. And it'll get you through. And and it's a great windbreaker. Nothing's getting through the plastic right there. You just don't have anything covering your head. No, I mean, it's not perfect, but uh, most people are, or a lot of people run with some sort of head covering anyway, whether it's a ball cap or a visor, yeah, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Making sure that you have, <laughs> if you're going to be running in a place where there's a lot of sun, throwing a visor in your, in your True. bag. True. Um, when we go for a colder weather run, I throw a couple of beanies in just in case. Yep. Yeah. Because um, the one thing I can't stand is in cold weather, your ears getting really, really cold because that hurts. Or your hands, like just yeah, the uh, hands. That's are, tough. Hands are tough. Um, I have used um, for work. I've used uh, the chemical hand warmers that once you expose oh, yeah. them to air and yeah. you uh, and you um, kind of crunch them a little bit, they they work really well and they'll go for a couple of hours. And oh, so they're like the instant ice packs, but not but the reverse. But the heat element. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And those are pretty good. And they don't take up a lot of room and luggage. Um, I don't know what the TSA says about that. So well, couldn't you pick those up? You could pick them up. Because um, haven't I seen them at Walgreens, kind of like near mm-hmm. the cash register? You'll see them at uh, grocery stores sometimes, yeah. uh, drug stores, and certainly at sporting goods stores. So you could you could get them and not have to worry about what TSA is going to say. Right. And a lot of people 
who go to the Disney races have talked about ordering from Amazon and then having shipped to whatever hotel, to the hotel. they're staying at yeah. so that they have like those throwaway inexpensive clothes that you talked about, mm-hmm. like the, the hand or the foot warmers that you just mentioned. So, or like, you know, just anything that they might not want to go through airport security with, but that they need at the race or that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And just remember that if you're going to do that, um, at some point, if you are traveling and you've got to go back through airport security, you got to either be able to pack it in your bag, get an extra inexpensive bag to yeah. pack and take on the plane, or that's going to be something that you're going to donate you're going to donate or you're going to ditch because those are like what those hand and foot warmers are just like one shot deals. Those are one shot deals. One I'm shot talking about the clothing. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're doing the extra outer layers, yeah. you know, th- just keep that in mind, you know, yeah. pl- plan ahead for that. And when you're packing initially, like you, you and I are big fans of the ex officio brand. Yeah. Not a paid sponsorship, just something yeah. that's been really successful. Ex officio, uh, they do align, of travel clothing. I mean, that, that really is their, their thing. And almost all their stuff is made out of moisture wicking materials, um, very breathable or has a high SPF or is insect resistant. So it actually, um, the mosquitoes can't bite through it. Mm -hmm. And, they're like they'll have things like underwear and shirts that are actually made and intended to be washed in a sink and hung up and able to dry basically overnight. Mm-hmm. So you can pack fewer items and you know they'll shake out um, relatively wrinkle free so mm. that you look presentable when you go in public. Yeah. Great stuff. A little on the pricey side, uh, yes. to be perfectly honest. If yes. you catch it on sale, grab it. Yes. Um, but I've got some of their shirts and underwear. You've got some of their stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really fantastic. Very durable. Yes. Also. Yes. And uh, it's good build quality. Super comfortable. Yeah. And you wouldn't look at it and go, that's a travel shirt. Right. It just looks like a shirt. And, I, you know, I mean, these are some of the things that we're thinking of. But I, I think that we might have some listeners or some viewers that might have some travel tips, like hidden gems as well. Yeah, now we've mentioned a few things, packing some extra stuff, having things delivered, um, mm-hmm. buying a couple of items when you get there. What are your yeah. travel tips? What are the things that you have worked for you in the past that you would recommend that we give a try or things that you want to share with other people that have really worked for you that saved your bacon and you want to help people avoid that problem when they're traveling? So, How should people let us know? So, and if if they call us, and they leave us a message, we could actually, we could play it. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Or we We're getting all, so fancy. I, ooh, well, I mean, you've set us up very well. So well, we'll that, see. <laughs> as long well, as all the technology cooperates, we're going to sound awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We're, so we're going to test this out and we want your help, right? So we have an email address and we have a phone number. So the email address is info at runeatdrink.net. And you're wanting people to email a quick sound clip like they could record on their phone and, they could, or they their could. computer? Yeah, they could do like a little voice memo on their mobile phone and they could send it to us. Or, I mean, you could just write it out and we could read it. That too. If you read it, we'll we'll read it with dramatic uh, flair. And uh, you know, yes. maybe even some mood music. Or like sound effects or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> That's a lot of Foley work. I'm going to have to figure that out. Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> or they, they could call us at 941-677-2733, which will be in our show notes as well. 941-677-2733. And standard long distance rates would apply for of that course. call. But I mean, you know, I mean most people on our cell phone in the continental like US probably unlimited minutes on most people. Not everybody. Really so just keep that in mind. Yeah. And we'd rate, love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you and we would love to show the uh share those on next week's show. Now, if you're trying to do some of this creative packing um we found a little something that actually works really, oh yeah really well and it, regardless of the brand of luggage that you have or whatever i saw these and i'm like wow i think this would be really cool to try so mm. i decided to give them to you for christmas and let you be the guinea pig well thank you and I fully, I, I'm not a guinea pig. I like to say in the family, I'm the pioneer. Oh, okay. You're one step ahead. You're a leader. Yes. Okay. The final frontier space. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like that. So, yeah. So, yes. For, I was woefully in need of new luggage. You were. And it had a very so sad bag that had it, seen better ugh, days. Like what was that? Ten years old? Easily. I don't know, but we had been hearing on all of our other podcasts that we listened to about away luggage, mm-hmm. and they are again, they're not a paid sponsor. We just love it. Mm-hmm. We would love for them to be someday, but they uh, they make some pretty great luggage with uh, the the carry on that has the. Battery. Yeah, the removable. The removable battery. Batteries and charger devices. Yes, and I had gotten Dana. I got that for you for your birthday last year. Yes. To test out. Yeah. So um, in a way, I was the guinea pig. You were the pioneer. I don't I, know how that. Can't works. we just call each other pioneers? But what is guinea pig? <laughs> I don't. Mm, I'm, Beta yes, tester. Man. Okay. Okay. Whatever it is, whatever connotation or spin you want to put on it, he had the luggage first. So I saw, I loved it. They have all sorts of different colors. And so he got me the the carry-on, mm-hmm. the, the same the size. The bigger carry-on. The bigger carry-on, the same size that I got you last year in a different color. Mm-hmm. But to go along with it, he got me packing cubes. And if you've never seen these, and I've never, I had never had experience with them or seen them up close. I thought that they were hard sided, um, like boxes basically with zippered tops. In fact, they're not, they're, they're soft sided. Right. Uh, with zippered tops and a a mesh cover. So, and they're uh, various different sizes. Mm -hmm. I think like you got me a couple of big ones and then a couple of small ones so that we could actually, I mean, I think that it compacts, the clothing that you pack when you when you put it in the cubes and then it's kind of like Tetris in your bag. Exactly. Where you can you can fit more because it's kind of it's not like 
it's not like those space bags where you like suck all the air out of it. And no, but it's not like that. But it is helping you make the most out of every inch of space in your bag. And that is true. When you're done packing, there is not a square inch left in that bag. Seriously, and I will tell you, I first heard about packing cubes on the BR Guest podcast. Pam Forrester on the BR Guest podcast recommended them to Ricky Nibs on that show. Uh, but they weren't the away ones. No, and there are there are tons yeah. of companies that make them. I just since I got you the away bag, I mm-hmm. got you the, the companion product, like the whole trifecta. And it was, uh, I, I think they're really sharp. Yeah. Um, and, and again, watching how much you're able to pack with the help of those cubes, because I pack a super, lot, super super effective, and lets you organize things so you can put all your shirts in one, all mm-hmm. your your delicates in another. Yeah. Um, you could throw your a couple of pairs of shoes in, in one if you yeah. wanted to. You could throw your toiletries in one. However you feel like organizing it, it lets you be the judge of that. But it just really lets you maximize the spaces in your luggage. And you could, depending on the hotel room that you have, that you end up in, you could. You know how they have the luggage where you can set the luggage on... Um, on the stand when you get into the hotel room that you could like unzip those. And theoretically they could almost be like drawers if you had to live out of them. Yeah. You could literally just unpack your bag by, uh, by unzipping, unzipping those just using your luggage as a drawer or putting the cubes in the drawers. Mm -hmm. So it helps keep you organized. You just have to then, uh, then work the Tetris to get everything back in. Plus like that brand new race shirt and all all of that that you that you happen to get at an expo if you can't control yourself like, it like never we have fits some the same going back as it is going out to the race amy can't control herself in an expo but <laughs> that's it's, that's a whole other story but at any rate the point is the packing cubes were an awesome gift thank you yes so thank you very much and they are highly recommended for packing efficiently and are you going to link to some packing cubes and show notes for sure. people just to give them an idea yeah yeah i i can link to the away ones that we did and then if i can go back through and i can find the ones that pam and ricky uh, and mike were talking about i will cool yeah all right so sure. that's so that's kind of our tips we can't wait to hear your tips for packing and yeah. traveling so yeah. you know send it into us on email Call us. We really want to hear from you, and we want to share those on uh, next week's episode. Yes. So packing was done. Um, Again, we're just in a training week this week. but uh, Eight and a half miles, baby, this week. And we were still out in uh, Huntsville, uh, and we still have so much to share with you from Huntsville. This week, we're going to tell you about a place that Amy discovered while she was exploring the downtown area while I was sitting in class. Who knew about downtown Huntsville? I know. Who knew? Like I said, and, a treasure trove. And I texted him pictures of this place, and I was like, "I we have to go here because we are, well, I think children of the 80s, 1980s, children of the 1990s will love this place. Also, anybody into video games, I think it Pints and Pixels, Pints and Pixels is what the name of this place is. Yes, it has such a great theme, 
such a great theme. Yeah, 80s and 90s video games mm-hmm. and a gastropub. Yeah, and like pinball machines and Anaheim Chili provides their food. Yeah, talking with our server, she was great and she's like... Knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, Pints and Pixels runs the front of the house, which mm-hmm. is the video games in the bar. Mm-hmm. And Anaheim Chili Company runs the kitchen. And let me tell you, they know how to bring heat to a dish. Yeah. Really, they do. And it was so hard to... It was so hard to pick things. And we spent... We spent a couple of hours there because we just wanted to play the video games and the pinball machines. And we went out with a couple of friends and that were there. And yeah, and we were just having such a great time that we we ordered several different appetizers and um, chili from their menu, a couple of different types of chili from their menu over several hours that we didn't get to that meatloaf sandwich that I really, really wanted to try because they go to a late night menu. They do, but really by the end of it, we were still pretty full. Well, we were, but I was like, oh God, we needed to come back and that meatloaf sandwich looks so good. But uh, I can give you firsthand experience with plenty of their appetizers that we had and some of their chili from their awesome and spicy menu. And by the way, their varied menu, this place, when we say chili, Anaheim Chili Company, a lot of people think of Anaheim Chili's as in the plant. This is Anaheim Chili as in C-H-I-L-I, the Mm -hmm. the, um, stew-like food product, the bowl of deliciousness. And I think that they... They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different kinds of chili on their menu mm-hmm. uh, that you could get just a, a cup all the way, uh, six ounces all the way to a big bowl at 20 ounces. And at varying spice levels. Spice levels, types of chili recipes, um, different culinary uh, areas that mm-hmm. they're drawing from, yeah. um, some fantastic mm-hmm. options and something that just about anybody whether you're a meat lover, a vegetarian, I think, uh, gluten-free. Gluten-free, yeah. Um, they, they had an option there for you. Yeah, and they have different sizes so that you could actually potentially, you could get a little, like I had a little tiny cup, mm-hmm. uh, like a six-ounce cup, but they can, they go all the way up to a triple cup. You could get a bowl, a double bowl, a, a, like a, a big bowl. It's like super huge, but I thought... Well, we're going to try a few appetizers. I thought let I'll I'll try a little bowl of chili. And I tried the pasole. And I had the green chili. Oh. And the pasole, um which was one of their gluten-free options. Mm-hmm. Um we make something similar to this at home every now and then. Um <sighs> but that was a dark meat chicken and hominy base with Oh, cumin, oregano, lime, cilantro, and serrano peppers, and do tell. And I'm going to tell you, I love a tomatillo kind of base to a, like a like a green base to a chili. Mm-hmm. And they actually had a fantastic chimichurri sauce on its own, or mixed with like sour cream and kind of thinned out. And I had our our server bring me both of those to accompany this this bowl of chili not that it needed it but uh, th- she was talking about 
the chimichurri, and I was like, oh, yeah, you got to bring me some of that. Yeah, and for, if you're not familiar with chimichurri sauce, that's cilantro. like cilantro. It's uh, yeah, um, cilantro and um, parsley and garlic, and it's got uh, citrus and oil, and it's it's mm. basically like a, this really green, sauce. tart, spicy condiment. Yeah, it adds a punch, herbaceous, an herbaceous and acidic punch mm-hmm. to whatever. You, so we've good. like we've gotten it on pizza before. We've gotten it at on tacos before. Uh, this was served um, when we requested it with the pasole, and I'm telling you, oh, the dark meat chicken. Oh my god, <laughs> so tender, so juicy, so flavorful, and I, it was so. Like the smokiness from the cumin. Oh. Well, what, the one spoonful of yours that you it, gave me. Well, I mean, the, I only had a cup, so. The, you know, the, <laughs> the chicken was cooked perfectly. I'm a huge fan of hominy. I love hominy. Which is that big kernels of corn. It almost looks like corn, well, yeah. It, it is yeah. corn, you know, and it's, it's, uh, from I, the cob, but not, but it's bigger. It's like fluffier. It's bean, almost a bean consistency. Bean sized. Yeah. But it gives you that great corn flavor that goes with the chicken. And uh, you, you weren't kidding. I mean, you ordered so well. I should have gotten, well, I didn't. But because we got a, a smaller cup, but we were able to try a lot of different things from the appetizer menu. So, but the, that bowl, I mean, that cup was just awesome it really was i highly recommend it if you are into kind of a green stew chili kind of thing very very good how was yours well i went different um i went with what they called their green chili and the base for that was pork and potatoes and they spiced it with cilantro and coriander and garnished it with serrano peppers so Serrano. Yeah. Yeah. Say a little heat, a little heat, you know. Um is that like I mean, how would you rate it against a jalapeno? Oh gosh. I you know you know, um it, it, I don't For your palate. For my palate, yeah. I much prefer the flavor of Serrano to to jalapeno. Yeah. Um I don't think it's these were not especially hot. Okay. That I had, there was a there was a building heat kind of in the back of your back of your throat. The more you but, ate, but this wasn't like a smack you in your face. And I think that um, jalapenos can be so um, inconsistent. Yeah, you can have one that is really not much hotter than a bell pepper sometimes, and you can have some that just smack you right in the face. And hello, yeah. <laughs> and this, uh, I don't know if it was just you know the quality of peppers they had, or if they're that consistent all the time. But th- these had a good warming heat. And there are some that add that warming heat, and then there are some that also add a layer of flavor as well. Yes. And I like, I think that Serranos and Habaneros have that kind of heat, but also a pepper flavor as well. And for me, that's the real key. I, like I've said in the last episode and in previous episodes, Mm -hmm. I do enjoy spice, but I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I'm I'm not eating spice to show off. I'm eating spice because I want 
there to be some good flavor in what we're eating. So, I mean, you know, technically a Serrano was hotter, you know, when you start talking about Scovilles, but like I said, it, they're kind of inconsistent or yeah. at least the jalapenos that we yeah. tend to get down here in Florida yeah. are inconsistent. And I just like the, the flavor of um, like, well, we were just discussing the other night. I made a couple of uh, salsas here at mm-hmm. home. I prefer the flavor of a habanero, even though a habanero is way hotter than a jalapeno. And if you clean them and prep them right, actually, you can get most of the heat out. And then you get that fruity flavor. Right. And so. then there are some peppers that offer a waxy type of flavor. Exactly. So. Depends on what you're going for. Yeah. But they really did a, a great job in terms of what they picked. The uh, That was, I, I think the best way I could describe it would be almost like a bowl of carnitas. Ooh. I, I, oh that's the best gosh. way I could describe it. Carnitas over potatoes. Mm. I, I mean, it was um, just a warm, satisfying, hearty, and I, I got the cup also. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't do a huge portion. All right. Um, you know, and then just a hearty uh, portion, you know, and I love cilantro. We all know this, um, pork when, you know, slow cooked pork, I think oh. they probably probably use pork shoulder, pork butt. Um, and you know, coriander is such a warm spice. Mm. I just think it was, it was just a very satisfying cup of chili. So yeah, they um, really, those two that we had, if those two are any indication of the other stuff, they had several others. They had a Cincinnati chili, which was, uh, you know, ground beef over pasta Mm. with kind of a neat combination of cinnamon, clove and cocoa in the, in the spices. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they garnished that with bean, cheese and onion. They Mm. were doing um, white chili uh, with chicken and great northern beans. They were doing uh, vegetarian three bean chili with kidneys, pintos, and black beans. So, I mean, variety. Like I said, I think variety. You can you could find something that would would satisfy you as far as their chilies goes. Mm. But they weren't just about chili. No, do you know? Like, I, my favorite appetizer was the Texas spring rolls. Really? I, yeah. Not what I expected you to say, but okay. Why? What did you expect me to I say? I thought you were going to say what's coming next. Well, okay. So I, it was so good. And it, it's the Texas chili. That, Which is? Uh, that where, what what does it have in it? it? I mean, it was like the red chili. Yeah, red chili. Like the red chili with, that they have. I think it had beef. Yeah. 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 And black beans and... Um, and the, and the sauce, the sauce was that chimichurri creamy, the dipping sauce, the dipping sauce that came alongside of it. It was, it was like an egg roll consistency with that chili and the beans inside. Yeah. So they they fried it. They fried it and they split it open and it looked so. Which was an interesting presentation of that normally when you get like an egg roll that's that's mm-hmm. uh, wrapped on both ends and then rolled up when they cut it normally it's cut in half or cut on the bias this yeah. was literally cut like almost right down the, the middle lengthwise yeah to kind of open it up like a boat yeah yeah it did look like a boat kind of and you just had this beautiful presentation of of chili in there and oh it was crispy on the outside it was not greasy in any way it I just, 
And that sauce, like I said, I could drink that sauce. Yeah, they, that was their special sauce. And again, that was like chimichurri and sour cream. Mm-hmm. And, oh, mm-hmm. and the waitress was so right that that was excellent. Oh, yeah. Yes. But so that was your favorite. I think that was my favorite. And we did have the skirt steak skewers. Mm-hmm. The, that was uh, what I thought you were going to say was your favorite. And I do love steak. Generally, you know me. Mm-hmm. I love steak. But it was small and I was like, I, wa- I wanted more. I understand. I wanted more. And I guess that speaks to the great flavor because it was a marinated skirt steak that was grilled and then served with the chimichurri that didn't have the sour, the sour cream. cream mixed into it. That's a traditional presentation yeah. of a uh, skirt steak. And that, uh, that was soft. I mean, you pulled it off the skewer and it was like basically almost fall apart tender, but not quite to still hold up to the skewer itself. And again, skirt steak done right. Mm. Super flavorful. S- flavorful? Yeah. F- super flavorful <laughs> and super tender. Oh. Uh, done wrong. It's like chewing on your shoe. Oh and God. they absolutely yeah. did it right. Yeah. So that one was really good. I also got a second one. And this one was a little bit uh, a, a kind of a, a nod to my southern roots. Mm-hmm. They were, they had a... a appetizer called chicharrones i uh, pardon my my poor uh, spanish pronunciation Chicharon. but uh, no, no, no i know i just butcher it too no, i can't do it i no, can't do it no. so i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> we apologize for our lack of pronunciation of this delicious appetizer they do fresh fried pork rinds and they serve it with a fresh made house-made pimento cheese dip. And it was actually creamy, and it was not, like, in some places where you go and you order pimento cheese, it will, the the cheddar, you can still, you can still see the shreds. Mm-hmm. It's not hasn't been as, mixed well, it hasn't, hasn't rested. Or, or they decide to go with that kind of consistency. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, this, oh, it, it was great. <laughs> it was a nice choice that you made. When when the place, uh, and I asked, I said, you know, are these made here on property? Because yeah. they were warm when they came to the table. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, we make, the only thing we don't make here are our French fries. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we don't need those. Fair enough. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, the pork rinds were fantastic. So good. And you, I mean, you know, thankfully, I, I had to laugh. The menu has them labeled as gluten-free because, you know, when you're ordering the fried pork rinds and pimento cheese, you're looking for the healthy option. Well, it's good <laughs> but, to know, I guess, to avoid whatever But if you are avoiding gluten. Or whatever sensitivities that you have, it's, yeah. Well, this is a good one to avoid gluten. It's no good. gluten there whatsoever. But, but it's an indulgent choice. Oh, it is. But it is <laughs> so good, so worth it. So yes. Phenomenal food finds. Mm-hmm. And we've got some drink finds that we're, we're not going anywhere else for this episode. We're actually going to talk about some stuff here at uh, Pint and Pixels. Well, before we go on, I'm going to take a minute to tell you all about our friends at Pure Creative Apparel. Anybody can silkscreen a shirt. Look, we know it's true. I I did it as a project in high school. But the team at Pure Creative Apparel is really much more than that. 
they will take you through the entire process to create your custom items right from the very beginning with the design of your artwork or company logo, then create mock-ups to show you what the finished product will look like and help you select just the right high-quality name brand clothing or other merchandise on which you're going to place your artwork or your logo, and then they'll get you your items fast. Or if you're not looking to get into the whole online sales thing and you don't want to worry about inventory, packaging, shipping, and all of that, Pure Creative Apparel has a complete e-commerce package available. So whether you're a school, church, or club needing just a few shirts for a special event or a company looking for a complete branding package, Pure Creative Apparel can help. Find out how by going to purecreativeapparel.com. And we really thank them for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. So I know that last week we spent some time talking about some cool beer options, some original and independent craft breweries and tap rooms that are uh, around Huntsville, Alabama. This place served those kinds of beers um, to give a nod to the local and delicious tasty brews. And, you know, shout out to them as it's American Craft Beer Week. That's yeah. true. As we are recording this, we are in yeah. the midst of American Craft Beer Week. Yeah. So like last week, we talked about Straight to Ale. We, it was awesome. But here, I can't help but talk about the cocktails. And and I know you had some beers there. I had a cocktail also. But yeah, I yes. had a couple of... I, I, I was trying to get as many of the local brews yeah. uh, that were being featured as possible while we were traveling. Yeah. But I... I couldn't help but have offerings from the cocktail menu and our friends that were with us also had some that I just were so cleverly named that I couldn't help it. Yeah, everything everything there had a, a, a retro theme and their cocktail menus all named after stuff from video games. From our childhood. I, I mean... mean Come on. I well when we walked into Pints and Pixels because you have to you uh, on Clinton Street I think it is that that's where it's located we we go in and you go up to you have to take an elevator or the stairs to get up so it's on, it's on a, the another floor. level and when you and when you walk out on that second level oh my goodness a whole row of video games stand up video games from what I used to do Every weekend as a kid. Oh, yeah. You were playing Ugh. Frogger, Ms. Pac-Man. Pac I know that there was some Galaga played. Oh, Sp I, Space Invaders. There was a Space Invaders. Yeah. I was playing Joust. Cubert. And Cubert. Oh. And that's just a, in the first uh, few feet as you walk in. And this place is huge. It is. It's huge. And, like, there were, like, there was a Spider-Man, um... Pinball machine, a Star, Star Wars, Wars pinball machine. Adam's family. Oh, great so stuff. So great. And the cocktail menu was inspired by all of that. And you could be playing Ms. Pac-Man. While having a Ms. Pac-Man's power pellet. And what a cute presentation. It's actually served in a, a very small goblet. It's um, like a little shot glass. A little bigger than a shot glass. But it's um, pretty. Almost the size of a busking cup. Um, nice and round. Yeah. So it's almost looks like a power pellet. Oh, it's it was so cute. I had to get a picture with 
uh, with Ms. Pac-Man, with that drink in my hand, it had a beautiful pink color. And I think that that comes from the grenadine in it. Yeah, that one has uh, whipped cream vodka, rum mm-hmm. chata, and grenadine. Rum chata, people. Rum chata. And that's a weird sounding combination. And when you combine them, it is an, an even more surprising result. It looks like a pink smoothie. Looks like a pink smoothie. But it tastes like, you know, rum chata is like that... You got nutmeg and and not really overpowering cinnamon flavors. But some. And it's, um, oh, it, it reminds me of the holidays that uh, just by itself, mm-hmm. the rum chata does. But then you put the whipped vodka and it's like a, a nod to whipped cream and the grenadine adds the sweetness. It just looks like a hot pink smoothie at, that is packs a, a punch in one shot. It does, but the flavor that I got from it when I, I had one tasted like, almost like rum raisin. Well, because uh, the rum chata. Well, the rum chata, but I, I, it's a combination. And when you get the grenadine, that cherry from the grenadine. Oh, and, yeah. And, the, and the, uh, the cinnamon and the whipped, cr- the vanilla from the whipped cream, it yeah. just, it does something. And... What a great flavor. Very unexpected. Nice. Smart. Um, and just, I mean, yes, it packs a punch, but it doesn't taste really boozy. No, no. But it does in in its, it, I mean, it's served as a shot and it, it can pack a punch. And you had another, um, throughout the night, you had a, a couple of others from I, the game-themed menu as well. I did. I did. I, um... I had the Princess Peach Cosmo. Princess Peach being a nod to Mario Brothers. And I never really played Mario Brothers, but Princess Peach Cosmo, I Cosmopolitans, they're delicious. And this one had vodka, peach schnapps, triple sec, cranberry, and lime juice, and it was served with a peach slice. Very pretty presentation. Yeah, it's... It wasn't a tall martini glass, which I thought was really smart considering that people might order it. And then there were tables by the video games where you could actually set your drink and then and then play because they don't want you setting the drinks on the video yeah, games. Yeah, they have signage everywhere yeah. that says don't put your drinks on, on the games and then they provide you those side tables. Super mm-hmm. smart. Super smart. So the presentation was super smart of that beverage. And let me just say that between that beverage and you also got the Frogger. Um, oh. that I know you got the frogger. I drank the frogger uh-huh. because, uh, as we've, uh, <laughs> at what many of you don't know is that Amy does not like mint flavored mint. things. And, uh, Green she mint. had to try this because of the name. She loves frogger. Um, this particular drink had Godiva white chocolate liqueur, cream de menthe and milk. And this was served in a martini glass with uh, chocolate syrup drizzle. Now she didn't like the mint but the drink itself was fantastic yeah. if you like that type of drink. Yeah, and I would, well, I mean, if they had made the Frogger, I guess, with a melon type of take um, instead of a mint type of take, I might have been a bigger fan of yeah. something like that. But it was a creamy drink, and I'm all about that Godiva white liqueur. I mean, I'm a white chocolate fan. Mm-hmm. Well, sign me up. But just that mint, I don't, I'm, I wasn't, no. 
No, I mean like anything like like that minty, almost mouthwashy kind of flavor. Well, for those of us that like <sighs> things like Andy's candies and chocolate mint and all that, this was a great it. dessert drink. And yeah. and I will tell you I this: applaud you. Um, <laughs> there, these drinks were very well crafted. They were beautifully presented, and we oh, have yeah. been to a number of places. Um, drink prices here ranged between six and nine dollars. Yeah, at it wasn't the bad. Most expensive. We've been to places that would charge you upwards of $14 for some of these mixed drinks. I would say everything, even going back to their food, reasonably priced. Very reasonably priced. On the menu and as a whole. I, I mean, it, they also did a great job you know, in terms of managing the floor. They have mm-hmm. uh, security personnel there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the cocktails were, these, these are not watered down. These are, these are very well-made cocktails with... Oh my God. Um, with name brand liquors in them. So yeah. you're getting your money's worth there. Like so. uh, with, they had another gorgeous drink called the gin and Sonic. Yes. And Sonic comes from what video game? Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And that, isn't there a movie coming out very shortly? Yes. Or did it fact. already come it's out? It's coming out. The, the trailer just was just released. Oh, that's why. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. So Yeah. <clears throat> So the gin and sonic, it's it's a gin and tonic, but it has, uh, it's blue. It's a beautiful color blue. Now, was that blue from like? Uh, I blue believe Curacao? Curacao. Was it enough to really change the flavor? No, I I really honestly got the gin and tonic flavors. Really, okay. really, that they were. It was a beautiful drink, but I don't think that that was. That killed the flavor of normally what you would get in a gin and tonic. So cocktail menu was a win for you. Mm, definitely. Even, yes. Even though I, I took the Frogger. Yeah, even though you took the Frogger, I can appreciate that people who like that mint flavor will like that drink. Well, and if strong or craft cocktails is not your cup of tea, their beer list here is fantastic. They had... Um, over 15 different craft beers available on tap. I ended up trying a couple different ones while we were there that I never had before. Uh, one was from Goat Island Brewery, and that's called Peace, Love, and Hippie Weissen. <laughs> and if you are a fan of German Hefeweizen beers, so you get that, um, that hazy wheat nice beer, color. Just a, a fantastic flavor, mm-hmm. um, you know, medium body, medium carbonation, uh, notes maybe a little bit of coriander, maybe a little bit of orange peel kind of in the, uh, in, in the uh, nose. Yeah. Just uh, an excellent drinking beer. If you like something like, say, a Blue Moon. Yeah, that's nice. The Hypoweissen kind of. It's kind of what I would, yeah, it's kind of what I would, I I think maybe better than a blue moon, but better than a blue moon, better than a shock top, but it's kind of in that, um, in that general category. Although they are good. This, I, I like this brewery a lot and we saw this brewery quite often on several different menus. We did. Because it's a local. Yeah. And they, um, you know, they do, um, 
a number of different ones, and we tried a couple while we were there. So I, I, I'm a fan of Goat Island and would try them again. Different places, yeah. And then I also tried another that's a Georgia brewery. This is from Jekyll Brewing, and they are uh, doing a pineapple habanero IPA. Speaking of spice. Yeah, again, I'm a spice guy. Spice beers tend to attract me and because I just want to see what they're doing with it. I have tried a couple that are really using the heat and the, the peppers as a gimmick. And then there's Jekyll. Um, Jekyll, oh, you liked it. I was shocked at how much had, I like yeah. this beer. I had a couple of these because it was that good. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about this beer was subtle. The hops since it's an ipa mm. sometimes they smack you right in the face they were very subtle and they sometimes they're piney sometimes they're citrusy what? this this i think went more towards the citrusy side of things okay um but the pineapple that they use in this again a lot of people would think this is going to taste like you know, a dull pineapple cup Actually, no. Not sweet? A little bit. No, not sweet at all, um, but a little bit of kind of an aroma of pineapple after you swallow. Oh. It was very subtle. Okay. A little bit of fruitiness from the habanero. Mm. And unlike some pepper beers, not a whole lot of heat. No. A little bit of tingle on your tongue. It built, if you had a couple of these, by the end of the second one, you'd go, oh, I'm having a pepper beer. Mm Mm-hmm. But the first one, nah, you're not really going to get nice. get hit in the face with it at all. Yeah. Really, really drinkable. This one comes in at 6.7% ABV. Mm-hmm. So be careful with how drinkable it is because <laughs> um, it might be a little too drinkable. And I didn't mention it, the... Um, the Hefeweizen, um, hippie, the Hefeweizen was a 5.5. So um, both of those are... are Kind of sessionable, yeah. but again, we were at walking distance from our hotel. So, you know, we like we always say, if you're going to go out and enjoy, exactly. do so responsibly, use exactly. a ride share. Yeah. Um, but those were my, my real takeaways from the menu there, or the drink menu. I think they had a wide variety of beer, and they have some cleverly created cocktails. Delicious food. Delicious. And all the entertainment you could possibly want. Especially if you grew up as a child of the 80s and 90s and that you just wanted kind of a nostalgia playback of video games from your childhood. Can't beat it. Yeah. So we'll have uh, some other items that we didn't get to oh, in this episode and last episode coming up in Quick Bites this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, we have not forgotten. We have got some great stuff coming. Seriously. Uh, regarding um, Green Bus Brewing. Oh, yeah. Yellow Hammer Brewing. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about Campus 805. 805. And, uh, oh, Under the Radar. We yep. don't want to let them slip under the radar. Right, exactly. But, um, I see, see what, what you do there. Yeah. So we've got some more stuff coming in quick bites. So oh, stay tuned for that. Yes. And then we are going to be heading to Tampa. Yes, we this are. Week. We are coming up on our, what, second anniversary, unbelievable to say, of the podcast. And the very first race we ever did on the podcast was the Tampa Beer Run benefiting my hope chest. And we are back. And we are back. It is back. 
at Al Lopez Park in Tampa, and they have just released some of the beer selections, some local, I think all local. I think all local this year. Yes, and we cannot wait to take that run and share those with you, as well as some good eats from the Tampa area. So we're going to have some great stuff coming up on the show um, this week yes. and leading up to the leading up to next week's show. So we hope that you guys enjoyed yeah. uh, our final um, in depth episode from our trip to uh, Huntsville, Huntsville, Alabama, Alabama. and we. Really want to hear from you about your travel tips. Oh, yes. So don't forget. Don't forget. Call in or shoot us an email. We have, we'll have the number and the email in the show notes. So, all right. Well, that is another episode of the podcast in the can. We will be talking to you about all of those things a little later on this week and next week. Have a great week. Have a great run or a great commute if you're listening to us on any one of those. And uh, we just thank you for staying with us. And hey, don't forget, if you enjoy the show, go on over to iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. We would we would love to hear from you there as well. It helps with discoverability. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of great podcasts out there, and it's hard for little podcasters like us to, you know, get noticed and your ratings and reviews actually help us in the ranking so we'd really appreciate you heading over there and giving us a a rate and a review have a great week and we will talk to you soon it's amy and dana have a great one bye thanks for listening to this week's episode of the run eat drink podcast we're having a great second year thanks to your support don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram at run eat drink podcast And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink, Pod. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net so you can click on the iTunes link and subscribe so you won't miss a minute where we accomplish, explore, and indulge. Come along with us. See you next time.